And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. So let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God, who? God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, we may be afraid of things we don't often talk about. And to some degree, there's a wisdom in not giving wings and wind to dreadful things. But other things sit even deeper inside of us that only the Lord knows about. When those things pop up and arise in our lives, we tend to react with less faith and more terror. Here's the key. That's not the plan of God. Next, fear has to do with punishment, and God doesn't want us to operate in fear connecting to any form of torment. The reason is simple. Biblical love does not become mature when everything we do is because we are afraid. That is the calling card of an abusive relationship. Believers are not—let me say this again—believers are not— supposed to be walking with God as if they're walking on eggshells. That is not the design of God, but of Satan. And finally, God never gave us a spirit of fear. Unfortunately, too many Christians operate in fear daily. Since God didn't give believers the spirit of fear, and some believers seem to operate in that spirit, where does it come from? Well, We know that Satan is at the core, but it sure would be nice if some of us Bible-believing, born-again Christians didn't make the decisions to walk in agreement with the enemy. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. I'm looking right at my Chromebook right here. If anybody does it right here, I'm even going to hit refresh just just in front of everybody just to make sure everybody's like on top of it. David at hemustincrease.org. You can also text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. And then finally, where all the wisdom lies, you can call in 972-445-0770. And when you call in 972-445-0770, you will reach Captain Chris and you will be Sailing takes me away to where I'm Okay. <laughs> we are just, you know, it's like people are like, can you, are you allowed to, you bet. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's my answer. Uh, so you can call us. You can text us. You can send an email to us. Here's the bottom line. On all of that, you do that in case you want to share. You have an opinion or a thought or a comment. This is not a Kvetch fest. See, now you didn't even know what that is. Kvetch is the Yiddish word for complaint. It's not a Kvetch fest. That's the new one. I love it. we got to tag that and we got to copyright that. It's an opportunity to encourage one another and strengthen one another as we see the day approaching. Just think of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, as well as uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16. And understand, we're supposed to encourage one another daily while we have that opportunity. Let's do that. It's not your church. It's a fellowship. And we get together from all different denominations because David said clearly, Psalm 119.63, I am a companion to all them that fear you. Sleep right on. There you go. Uh, and then you know I'm Baptocostal, so you might as well just figure, well, he'll probably get along with me somewhere or just not get along with me in any possible capacity, one of those two. So here's the bottom line in that. You, any topic's open for conversation. You know it's not professional radio. If you've listened to the show for more than three minutes, it ain't, it, ain't tough to, it ain't tough to figure that out. But it is a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. A little more uh, Focus on the Family and Steve Martin, a little less Sean Hannity. Although our app is Spoon Hannity, so, I mean, you know, you gotta deal with that. All right, here we go. <laughs> Here's our first trivia question. In the Old Testament, which child received a prophecy concerning the sons of Eli the priest. Mm. Mm, difficult. Uh, in the Old Testament, which child received a prophecy concerning the sons of Eli the priest? If you think you know the answer, you can. Call in 972-445-0770, text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. There is one thing I want to do. We'll do the DNA on Section 4, right? Okay. There's one thing I want to do. Uh, I want to remind you about the poll. I've already gotten multiple responses, and I, I've, every time you send a response, I get it. And if it takes me a while to get back to you, that's only because there's a lot of them. <laughs> Okay, and I try to do it in between the segments, but that's not so easy. The poll is very simply, should we keep our song, the intro song the, at the 1.30 time, the very, very first song, or change it right now? It's uh, Technically, it's my girl, so it's like, you know, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. And what you guys don't see is when Chris and I are doing that, I act like I'm playing the bass. I go, it's not the bass, and I wouldn't know how to play the bass. Wait, you weren't actually playing? No. No, no, I'm not. Although, thank you for that compliment. I, <laughs> I will take that all day long. So that's the poll question. Uh, should we keep that? Should we not keep that? Uh, somebody made a comment about that in one of my classes, which is okay. They weren't trying to be mean or anything. They were really just asking. Uh, most people don't understand the show until you listen to it and take some aspirin. Uh, let's see. We got that. We got that done. Oh, I do want to pray for everybody. So listen, this is something that did come up, and let me pray for it, and then we'll get into the teaching. So just Bear with me for a second, okay? Hang in there. Pray with me. Join your faith with mine. Let's have collective faith. Let's pray real quick. Father, we come before you right now, and in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we just pray for people in our audience that are going through a lot of discouragement, that their courage is being ripped apart, uh, not just by the enemy, but by overwhelming circumstances, by physical uh, difficulties, by financial struggles, whatever the case may be. It's just those who are discouraged. We're just asking you to encourage them. 
We're asking you to take one out and put another in, so to speak, and be the God of comfort in their lives. Encourage them and lift them up. One of your favorite, uh, one of my favorite verses in your word is that you put your your children, you put their feet upon a rock and put a new song in their heart. Please do that for these are brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, now having prayed that and not made the connection because I'm not as bright as you think. Our first text is in Job chapter 3, verse 25. It says, What I feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Now, I want to make sure you understand something before we get too deep into this. This is not a message that uh, supports uh, positive confession or, uh, or any of those kind of mentalities. This is not a name it and claim it. This is not that kind of thing. Job, deep within his heart, didn't want something to happen, and it happened. And when that happens, that temptation or that testing, I should say, is much more uh, much more magnified because it's something really deep within you that happens, and you're like, oh, I hope that never happens, right? And then it happens, and you're like, wow. And instead of just overcoming the circumstance because it was deep within you, it takes more because it's not that it's not that thing on top. It's not, boy, I hope she washes the car today or, boy, I hope he you know, cuts the grass or whatever the case may be. It ain't like that. This is the deep stuff. And in Job's case, he had, we know for a fact, a concern that his kids were potentially saying the wrong things about God when they were getting together for their little get-togethers. List anybody think it's any other way. They didn't get together and play Pictionary. Okay? Right? You must understand they got together and and, and drank like monkeys. <laughs> the reference we use on the monkey thing with banana daiquiris and stuff. Here's what I'm trying to communicate to you. So Job was deeply concerned that would happen. He would even offer prayers for his kids, and then that didn't turn out. Bam, it didn't turn out. What he was afraid of took place. Okay, Not so much he talked about it. It's something that happened. And what I'm trying to talk to you about is that sometimes deep within us is a fear or concern. And it emerges. And when it emerges, it's not that normal trial. It's deeper. It's more profound. In Job's case, his argument was it ain't fair. Okay, wasn't blaming God, but he wasn't justifying God. He was justifying himself. It ain't fair. I'm a good guy. Right? All right. I want you to catch this, and it's really important to understand this. Do we have? Do we do a trivia question? I don't think we did one. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, we did. All right, so what I want you to catch is this is the, the process going forward because it's dealing with that deeper, tormented moment that pops up, and how do you handle that? Because the devil will take advantage of it. And remember, God doesn't do anything by accident. All right, on the trivia question, in the Old Testament, which child received a prophecy concerning the son of Eli the priest? That would be Samuel. Samuel was the one who received that prophecy. All right, we're going to take our break. We're really going to dive deep today, so I hope you're ready. Uh, You are listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business. 
but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, listen, I've done a lot of interviews, and every once in a while you do an interview with somebody who's legendary. And if he doesn't even know why he's legendary, and when I tell him he's going to go, whoa, 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 the legendary Josh McDowell with us, co authoring the book with his son, Sean, The Beauty of Intolerance, joins us live. Josh, are you there with us? It's sure better to join you live than dead. I <laughs> love it. The David Spoon Experience. The Christian faith is being attacked. 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background, David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready now. For a trivia question, ooh, that is not that complex, and you guys should know this. <laughs> How many baskets did Pharaoh's baker see in a dream? Just so you can know, this is part of my Haftorah, which is amazing because we just talked about it yesterday. My, my bar mitzvah was 47 years ago. This was part of what I read in Hebrew. Not weird. Uh, how many baskets? I'm not saying that's Lord. I just think it's weird. How many baskets did Pharaoh's baker see in a dream? Kirk is jumping on board first. Joanne and Cordelia coming in right after. I mean, it's like within 
10 seconds of each other. Uh, if you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at he must org. Okay? Org, right? Uh, I got my little comedic thing here. You have your question. How many? What is it? How many? How many baskets did Pharaoh's baker see in a dream? You'd think I would remember since I just said it. Okay. Okay, so there's two two things here. One is cute. So we're not looking for people. If these jokes offend you, this is the time to turn the radio off. Okay? I'm just... I once said that. I said, if you don't like this, change the station. And the program program manager for Salem came running in and going screaming, going, never say that, right? But John Butler, who trained me, who was also uh, training the biggest names literally in radio, the top five, I mean the biggest, even the one that recently passed, he said, do that all the time. It's like, I love John. John was great. Uh, okay. Uh, did you know that in Las Vegas there are more churches than casinos? Not surprisingly, chips sometimes end up in the collection basket. Since the churches get chips from many different casinos, they devised a method to collect the offerings. The churches send their chips to a nearby Franciscan monastery for sorting, and then the chips are taken to the right casino to be cashed in. You know who does this? The chip monk, of course. (laughs) Come on! The chip monk! Okay, fine. (laughs) The chip monk. Okay. These are just a couple of the chipmunk. <laughs> it's a little funny. Uh, these are just a couple of uh, classic sayings, and we'll just exit with these because they're good. Yeah, Al thought it was good. Yeah, thank you, Al. Uh, here's uh, three things about, four things about prayer, or th- four things about the Lord. Ready? The will of God never takes you to where the grace of God will not protect you. Number one. Number two, we don't change the message. The message changes us. Oh, that's a good line. Number three, you can tell how big a person is by what it takes to discourage them. And number four, the best mathematical equation I have ever seen, one cross, three nails, four given. There you go. That's nice, right? That's good. I like that. All right. All right. Somebody's calling in either to complain about the joke which wasn't that bad. Or to answer the trivia, one of the one of them will be we're gonna find out in a multi millisecond here. Okay. Uh they're gonna answer trivia? No. No prayer request or prayer okay. All right. Let me just bring it through. This is David, who am I talking to? Hello. Uh hello. I'm sorry. David, it's it's Mary again. I want to tell you this story, okay? Okay, there fire was, away. Um, okay, this employee, he worked at a, a mortuary, okay? okay? An employee working at a mortuary. Okay. He decided, to, all right, he decided to take a nap one afternoon. Yeah, he so was told to take while, a nap. While, while he was sleeping, while he was sleeping, um, they they mistaken him for uh for a corpse and they cremated him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's, okay. that's <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> oh my goodness! Story is, don't be sleeping on the job. Yep, got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All righty. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is this is the losing it show right here. People, you should see all these comments I'm getting. I want to give Deborah props because she said you should do the Partridge Family intro. <laughs> you know, come on, be happy. Okay, anyway, uh, let's go back into the text. The trivia question is: What is the trivia? How many baskets did Pharaoh's Baker see in a dream? Uh, if you think you know that answer, reach out to us. I want to get back to this teach. Uh, this is some really good stuff. So, uh, if you know that answer, you can text in. By the way, two one four two one zero eight four eight three, or call in nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero, or send an email david at he must increase dot org. So we were just talking about that thing that nobody talks about. Something deep. In you know, unspoken and kind of emerges, and that always tends to be a much greater trial because it's something that you don't want to give what we'd say wings and wind to because you don't want to give it like a life or whatever. But when that happens, it's kind of like a kind of a, a tougher time, and the reason that it's tougher is because. That trial that you've stuffed, that thing that you've been afraid of, that you've stuffed in, is like the worst case. Not a worst case scenario, but the worst case scenario. Okay, And so when it emerges, you're like, whoa, right? In Job's case, the whoa uh, was an argument between him and not really an argument between him and God, but his assessment that he really hadn't done anything wrong enough to have that happen. Okay, Just for you and I to understand theology, God never operates on the human plane of what we think, well, we're not bad enough or we're not good enough. That does not exist. Okay, That only exists in the human mind. Right? If you have something that's pure white and you only stain it with a little bit, just a pin-sized drip of red, it's still stained, no matter how much white is there. It doesn't matter. So it's like it's still a stained thing. So the idea behind this is for us to get a handle that God doesn't desire us to operate even in those trials, with fear. And we know this from a couple of different passages, most specifically this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. So we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with torment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. When you have a situation that's going on and it's a tormenting scenario, this is not God's desire to torment you. This is the enemy's desire to overwhelm you to such a degree that you collapse in your faith. Now, many people think, well, he doesn't have that much uh, ability. He's been twisting people since the Garden of Eden, the very first two, and has continued on for thousands of years twisting mankind, knowing exactly when to pop things in and pop things out, put things in people's heart, take things out of people's heart, or twist into lies. He's been doing that for a long time. And the enemy wants you to not be in awe and appreciation of God, but wants you to under wants you to be under the thumb with God, where walking with God is like walking on eggshells and you're tormented every time you might do something wrong that God might just great, just might shoot you or disown you or, or, or hate you forever, 
Well, that's the enemy. The enemy is putting that image in there. And so even when the worst of things happen and you can't understand why they're happening, that that moment right there is a higher level of requirement of faith than at any other time. It's easy to have faith when everything's like coming along. That's not hard. I mean, how hard is that to be even thankful? Hey, got no big disasters, right? But when it's the worst that it can be and you have faith at that moment in the goodness of God, now you have a genuine, purified, furnace-fired faith. And God is not God is not allowing things in your life because he doesn't love you. It's the opposite. God allows things to emerge in your life because he does love you and wants to teach you and grow you and make you reflect who? Jesus Christ, who did what? Gave himself up for the sake of others. It's like, and, and that's the very thing that God has conformed you to the image. What the devil wants you to do is see it as a torment. And what Job did is he saw it as an unjust judgment. But you and I, having the benefit of the book of Job, need to see these things as God working his plan, even when we don't understand it. And I'm not saying anything to you that I haven't struggled with or gone through or am going through. Are you kidding? In the last one, two, three, in the last three months, I could share with you trial after trial after trial. But then I could also turn around and say to you, I know the Lord has allowed this to grow me. Why? Well, first of all, I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, That's kind of a joke. Uh, Second of all, but but first of all, it's because every time the Lord brings us through, that's why. And our faith is stronger than ever before. That's why. Does that mean it's always, you know, always fun? I don't think so. (laughs) Not with this leg. (laughs) The leg is a constant reminder, but also the grace of God is a better reminder. Okay, How many baskets did Pharaoh's baker see in the dream? Right? That was the trivia question. And the answer is three. Three. Okay? That's the answer. Okay, I think that's the answer. That's the answer. Better be the answer. If it's not, somebody let me know I'm wrong. All right, we're going to take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind destroying everyone and everything we The David Spoon Experience. You don't know what's going to happen in one minute, let alone one hour from now. And God, who it's impossible for God to lie, has made this commitment, made this offer, made this opportunity to both you and me and all of us around. The simplicity is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that the wages of that sin, the wages falling short, is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God, demonstrating his love for us, sent Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. 
God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There is nothing more important than that principle right there, the hope that is offered to believers who acknowledge and surrender to the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what's being offered. That's what gives you encouragement. That's what enables you to go on. You're going to have a lot of sorrow in this life. Job said it best, a man's days are few and full of trouble. But in the next, there is something so wonderful that even in man's mind, we cannot retain it. For eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has, can the heart comprehend, can, can, can't even receive the great things which God has prepared for them that love him. There's such a great thing that's coming for us, such a great place, such a wondrous place. But you got to acknowledge the invitation. you got to say yes, because if you don't say yes, you're not going to that wedding. The wedding of the Lamb. Don't be that person. Don't be that person that rejects it. Don't be that person that lives in sorrow, in grief, and in sadness. Don't be that person. Be the one that says yes so that you can be a part of the great wedding feast, that you can be a part of the great celebration. Oh, life is much more than this 60, 70, 80, 90 years. It's eternity on the line. And if you've already said yes, rest in the comfort. Rest in that place. Rest in that goodness. That all is well. And even on this side, if it's hard, on the other side, it's glorious. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I just want to make sure. So I looked it up uh, right with Chris uh, and just to make sure everybody knows. So it was three. The question was, how many baskets did Pharaoh's baker see? And it was three baskets. Now, in each of the baskets, there were multiple loaves, but that's not what we asked. So got you got to you got to okay all right and then i want to respond to al al asked a fantastic question and it really is a good question is it wrong to ask god not to test you uh it's not wrong but uh the odds of that happening are slim and none and there went slim he just walked out the door uh because uh even job says a man is alive for god to test him from morning to night and so i, I there's a lot there and god tests as he sees fit and jesus tests his disciples you can ask I don't think there's anything wrong. You could say, God, you could say, you know, give me, <laughs> give me, give me a little less. You're welcome to do that. I, I don't think God ever gets mad about that, but you have to recognize the answer might be no. <laughs> and that's the big thing. People pray, and uh, before I get off of it, but I want to say people pray, and there's three ways that God answers, okay? I'm just telling you. Yes, no, and if you ever called a big corporation and you call and they go, hi, right, welcome to Sprint, hold please. And then you don't even get to say, you don't even get to breathe. Okay, so God answers yes, no, and hold, please. That's how it goes. Okay? All right. Just just trying to help everybody out from the practical point of view of living Christianity. 
And yes, no, and hold, please. And yes, hold, please, is there quite a bit. Uh, in his address on the day of Pentecost, Peter begins by quoting from which prophetic book? Ooh, that's a good question. In his address on the day of Pentecost, Peter begins by quoting from which prophetic book? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org, which, of course, leads us to our website. And on the website, it's very important, you have the opportunity to give, but it's a new website, so you can kind of check out the different things, the links. There's like 12 links on the side. There's a little search engine, although I don't think that works very good. Uh, then there's the pages on the front, and there's all this different stuff. Check it out. Have a good time. And if you decide to give, great. And if not, that's fine, too. But you still do prayer requests and anything along those lines. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, now on the trivia question for clarification, because we had a little bit of lack of clarification in the last one. In his address on the day of Pentecost, Peter begins by quoting from which prophetic book. Now, that's important because he actually quotes more than one prophetic book. So how is he starting that with which prophetic book? I do everything I can to help. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. All right, let's see. I, I have my – oh, here, here's my here's my history right in front of me. Uh, all right. Uh, good recovery, good recovery, Kirk. <laughs> good job. Uh, ready for history? Play history. Go ahead. Let's go All right, now technically it's supposed to be National Christmas Tree Day, okay, which the, I, I probably should have said something to to, uh, to Jennifer so she could play my Christmas tree story. You should hear the whole story. It's really rather funny. I mean, the whole thing, it's a lot, It's like 12 minutes long. It's a long, long, yeah. I only play that clip for people to. It's the highlights of you murdering that tree. <laughs> just, that was, that was, that was some Christmas. That was some Christmas. <laughs> That's going to be my only statement. That is when I absolutely decided, who invented this? <laughs> you just kind of lose it. Yeah, that, that was that. It's also National Lard Day, which is good if we would have played The Lard is Good for Me. But uh, it's National Lard Day. And then finally, it's uh, Pretend to be a Time Traveler Day. Uh, and then it's Pretend to be a Time Traveler Day. And then it's Pretend to be a Time. I only said it once. Okay. That's a joke. Uh, let's see. I don't want to say anything about that. Uh, I don't want to say anything about that. Oh, 1941, United States Franklin President D. Roosevelt delivered his date, which will live in infamy speech in response to Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor the previous day, which uh, we talked about Pearl Harbor yesterday. And then uh, finally, 1967. So there's some debate on this. But sitting on the dock of the Bay by Otis Redding, he finished recording it, it and there's some debate as to when it was released or not released or whatever the case may be, but that's one of the first post, uh, posthumous, humus, 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 yeah. After he died, it became number one. You see how you get around things like that? I, I don't even know how to say it. All right, uh, trivia question. We left it there. Is in his address on the day of Pentecost, Peter begins by quoting from which 
prophetic book. I want to talk about this thing about fear because it's important for you guys to understand that there's a fear, uh, there's an awe, a respect, and appreciation of the Lord. And when it says fear the Lord, that's its that's its primary thrust. It's used 98 point something percent of the time, which is a lot. All right? I mean, it's a ton, right? But what the devil tries to do is he tries to use fear as torment. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. What would be then, in theory, one of the number one torments or fears that could exist? And that would be death. People are afraid to die because... Uh, they don't know what's going to happen, right? And one of the great things about the kingdom of God and understanding the kingdom of God is the Lord tells you or gives you insight ahead of time. Now, you look at the life of Jesus Christ. He's resurrected. There's no proof in the context that there's no bones in the in the grave. So we're taking this by faith. There's no evidence for us, although there was plenty of evidence in the first century. By the way, there were 500 witnesses the scripture talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. If you ever really understood that, if 500 people at once said they saw something, it would be like, that'd be solid. In our law, it's two or three. Usually now it's one, but it's two or three. How about 500? would be like, wow, right? Okay. So we have a, a faith or a confidence or a trust that we don't have to be afraid of that which is inevitable for every person unless the Lord returns early. Now, I want to read you this portion out of Hebrews so you can understand how God helps us deal with the ultimate fear and then walk that back into your situation. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 18. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And I'm going to repeat that so you catch that. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he may become merciful and a faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. The biggest fear of all of mankind, and to talk about in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I think it's verse 11 or 12, one of the two, where it talks about man has eternity in their heart, but recognizes they can't live forever. And death is an inevitability uh, in, in the way things stand. Now, as Christians, we have done what? We have taken faith and stepped beyond that. We have taken our faith and said, nope. And in fact, the number one fear in the world is not death. Remember what the number one fear is? Speaking in front of an audience. It's the number one fear. And what's amazing about that is because of Jesus Christ, that which should have been the tormentor for all has been replaced for doing a lousy job speaking in public, which is kind of a weird a weird statement. We'll get into that another time. But listen to what the text says. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Jesus broke that. The worst thing that can happen to people is their demise. And Jesus supplanted that 
by his resurrection and his actions. And we've now moved death to a different category because we're not in bondage and in torment over it. Because of that, the devil now seeks to use other things in life to create torment. He can't use death. Jesus broke it openly. But there's things in your life where the devil's trying to use it. And listen to this. Jesus took the number one thing that torments people, the number one thing that drives people, and put it on a different shelf. And now tell me how big your problem is. Well, I'm dying. Well, the answer to that is Jesus did something with death. Well, I'm losing this connection. Yeah, here, watch this. The answer is that Jesus did something with death. Okay, but I can't pay this bill. Okay, but Jesus did something with death. You get that? I mean, you just think about the greatness or the the magnitude of this. It's huge. It's enormous. Jesus took the worst thing and put it somewhere else. How about what that next worst thing is? He'll take that and put it somewhere else. Because he conquers everything, and he loves you. Well, I'll take that. All right, the trivia question that we've got to answer is, what is the first prophetic quoted book by Peter on the day of Pentecost? That would be the book of Joel. The book of Joel was the first quoted book. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And you're thinking, that's a great verse, Dave. What does that got to do with Thanksgiving? Right? Because that doesn't have any application except for... God is pictured here as always was, always is, and always will be. And a person who is walking in the dynamic of continually giving thanks is looking at their past with thanksgiving, is looking at their present with thanksgiving, and is looking at their future with thanksgiving because God has operated in the past, the present, and the future, and you have a past, a present, and a future, and when you look at your past and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your present and you operate with thanksgiving, and you look at your future and you operate with thanksgiving, you're operating in those principles with God, and if you look at your past with thanksgiving, guess what you won't have. You won't have bitterness. And if you look at your present with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A trusting and a confidence. And if you look to your future with thanksgiving, guess what you're going to have? A hope for a better tomorrow. All these principles operate if you will continually walk in thanksgiving on every aspect and element of your life. You won't be bitter. You'll be trusting God and walking in confidence. You'll be looking for a better tomorrow. You'll be operating in the principle of faith. You'll be honoring God and you'll be setting 
setting yourself free in your partnership with God, how can that be bad? How can that be bad? I mean, it blow my mind. Cry it out loud. We should be thanking God for, oh, but this terrible thing happened. But look how God brought you through it. This terrible thing is happening, but look how God is bringing you through it. Hey, when they start shooting Christians, look how God took you out and brought you to him. I mean, it's like it's all together. You can't escape this. If you look at your life with a continual feast of thanksgiving, you'll have a continual feast. The David Spoon Experience. Are you sitting there at home on your computer? Or maybe driving along in your car just listening to the radio? Is that app for this station working for you? Don't you wish you could reach people for your business? Introducing the Commercial Whammy. All you need to do is call KAAM at 972-445-1700 and ask for David Spoon. Or send him an email at davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and bam, you've got your own Commercial Whammy. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here comes our last trivia question of the day. In what chapter of Luke is Jesus met by a prophetess? Now, I will say the wording of this question is sneaky. You might want to actually play the play the horn there because it's a little sneaky. In which chapter of Luke is Jesus met by a prophetess? Now, again, I will only give this as a hint. It's Christmas time in the city. Okay, that's all you're getting. <clears throat> okay. Okay. I can't I can't give you more than that. It's a sneaky question. I've already told you that. It's a little like, oh, that's a little underhanded the way it was asked. Yes, it is. That's why I gave you it's Christmas time in the city as a clue. Okay? All right. If you think you know the answer, nobody's gonna like this one. If you think you know I could only pick the best ones I can. 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, David at he must increase.org. You gotta think about Jesus, the full existence of Jesus, and when would he have met a prophetess? Okay, okay. All right, all right. Uh, what else are we going to do? i got to think of what else. Tomorrow we've got our Acts. Ooh, Ananias and Sapphira. Ooh. And then the week after that, we're going to be talking about the deity of the Holy Spirit. Ooh. So we got some really awesome stuff coming up. Uh, then we will... Um, okay, what chapter... <laughs> Maybe I should say this differently. In what chapter of Luke... Is Jesus met by a prophetess? That, that, that's pretty clear. Uh, so we got that coming up. We'll have we'll tell you about our New Year schedule and our uh, Christmas schedule. I think we're only off one day each week, so I'm not you know it's not that big a deal. All right, so that's the question. That's what's going on now. I've decided I do want to do DNA. So can we do DNA? I know that's crazy. Okay. Uh, all right. Here's DNA. D stands for draw closer to the Lord daily. Daily. It doesn't matter what you do on this show, whether you like it or dislike it, whether you never listen again. Get closer to the Lord. Get closer to the Lord. Kirk, nailing it down. 
Good job, Kirk. Uh, N, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means we are not just thinking about us and living in about us, but we're also considering others. Keep in mind the first three commandments are towards the Lord and the Ten Commandments. The fourth one's for you, and the bottom six are for people, 316. Think of it in this way. There's twice as many commandments for you to deal for other people. You know, it's like just think of it in those terms, okay? All right. Here we go. All right. People are, are getting it. Now they're getting it because I know it was, it was, a, little, it was a little tricky. I told you, we played the horn. Okay. I want to go back to this fear element because I want people to understand that Jesus takes the greatest fears that we have and removes them, changes them, puts them on a different shelf. And I'm not talking about the one where you say, you know, I'm really quite concerned that my daughter's going to come home from college and she's going to get bees. Okay. We're not talking. That's not a, you know, that might be a disappointment if you're legalistic or, like, really hard on people. But I'm just saying that's not what we're talking about. Or it's not talking about more di- – we're talking about that deep-down thing that you just don't ever want to talk about but you're afraid might happen. The devil uses that to torment. He's not, a, he's not an idiot. But here's what God has to say. Jesus took the absolute worst thing ever and put that on a shelf. What will he do with your fear? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now, a lot of people miss the sound mind part because they sit there and they think, Power! Love! Yeah, but that sound mind means safe thinking. Sazfren in the Greek. And sazfren, safe thinking, is understanding that God has got you covered. That's safe thinking. Instead of being afraid, you can have a confidence even facing the worst of it. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So everybody goes on and talks about the rod and the staff and walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But let's talk about what David said. I will fear no evil because you're with me. Because you're with me, I'm not going to be afraid. That's it. That's how I'm standing. It's a decision. And we've talked about this. Last week we talked about the decision. It comes down to you making a decision to get in agreement with God. For me to get into agreement with God per circumstance. How about Psalm 112, verse 7? He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. You see, that's a great verse because you're like, uh, you go out to the mailbox and you go, uh, good or bad, <laughs> right? That's what I do. Good or bad. It could be a ministry check, right? That'd be good. Could be a bill we forgot about. That could be bad, right? It's like that's why I think they should do away with that altogether. But that's a separate issue. But somebody who's got their heart confident, trusting in the Lord, doesn't have to be afraid of of bad news, even because no matter how bad it is, Jesus can take it just like he took death and put it on a different shelf and not have to worry. You think, I know, but those things, they're not as big as death, these struggles, but they're really intense. Well, Jesus cares enough to count the hairs on your head, so I think for him it's important to him because it's important to you. And because of that and his connection to you, it becomes important. 
And so that mindset, that safe thinking, you go back to that passage, God has not got not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That is sound thinking, to recognize that Jesus cares about the big and the little, the splinter and the cast, all of it, and is for you and with you, and you and I can recognize that because he's with us, we don't have to be afraid of evil. It's just like, there it is. Hebrews 13.5 says that exact same thing, as well as Deuteronomy 31.6. It's littered throughout the Scripture. And you think, but I have a propensity towards fear, Dave. How do I overcome that? You come before the Lord, and you ask him to help you replace that fear with faith. You come before him, and you say, I get afraid, you know, like at a drop of a hat. And I'm, I'm positive that's not what you want. It's not your scripture. I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to direct me. I need help to do it right and to think right and to have a safe, safe thinking and to recognize your truth. I go back to one statement. I'm not going to say who it was, uh, Ed Cole. Anyway, uh, uh, Ed Cole did this teaching, and he had these— <laughs> I, I just you just can't ever forget this stuff, can you? So he's talking to these missionaries, and these missionaries had done something wrong. They committed a sin, and so they were before him. And he's like, "Oh, so you you sinned?" He goes, "Yeah, we did this." He goes, "Well, you 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 you, you know you recognize the sin? Yeah, we recognize it and repent, confess." And he prays with them, and he says, "You know, I mean, because it says First John one nine, if you confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." So they pray over it, and he goes, "There you go." And the missionaries go, "Well, we don't we don't feel any better." And he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, I I misdiagnosed your problem. You're not Bible believers." And they're like, "We're missionaries. We spent our life in the mission field." He goes, "Okay, but the Bible says this, and you're not believing it." So you're just not Bible believers. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, yeah, that would pretty much end the conversation right, right there, right? And it's like, well, Dave, you understand the immenseness. I'm sorry, you not, you're not actually comparing you and your struggle and your life as being greater than God, right? We're not, we're not, we're not doing that, right? Otherwise, I'd say read the book of Job about 10 times in a row, especially the last five chapters. Just read them over and over and over again, where God goes, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Okay, okay. <laughs> I pretty much sets that up. And I'm not saying this to chastise anybody. I'm saying it to encourage you. I want you to really understand. God has got you covered. He's got his arms around you. He loves you. He'll protect you. You don't have to understand it. He doesn't require that. But he does require you have a confidence in him that he has your best interests in mind. And that, that part of your faith becomes as important as any other part of your faith. Because if you actually believe that God is true to his word, you would trust that he has your interests in mind. If you were a Bible believer, you would actually believe that. And you wouldn't have to be afraid. And don't get the wrong idea. I go through this too. I go through this and I go, oh, I can't believe you let this happen. Every day, I have this one little prayer. So I'm really, really devotional Like in my life. I'm really, I'm, I've got these set goals, and I'm just confident the Lord will let me reach them. But one of the things that I pray for forgiveness for is uh, for my shouting, pouting, and doubting. My shouting is when I go, ah! <laughs> right? My, my, that's my shouting. Because I'm like mad, right? My pouting is like, 
I'm going to take my ball and go home. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like that kid part of you. And then the doubting, that's the part of me that stops believing he has my best interests in mind. And it's like every day, not not kind of every day, every day. Not, I mean, I've been a Christian for 43 years, but I've been on this serious devotional track for almost 24 years every day in my prayer time. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Because I'm dumb. But I can recognize that, and he loves me anyway. I'm dumb, but I'm God's dumb, and I'll leave it there because that's okay. All right. Uh, trivia question and answer. In which chapter of Luke is Jesus met by a prophetess? Very difficult there because the answer is Luke chapter 2 as they met Anna, the parents holding the baby Jesus, which is why I went with the Christmas time for a hint. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's what a guy, right? Such a friend we have in you, Dave. Okay. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short 22-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.